0: I am Yuri Makarama. What it is, your only two choices lay down or handle your biz. I stand up in the face of this wickedness. My own people try to kill me. The wickedness, Dr. King had a dream. I'm a nightmare. Haitian Revolution, part two, hold it right there. I'm a descendant of the Mountain House and Zulus. Black liberation on the engine making more rooms. Universe gave the tools, ancestors gave the tools. The code is the rules. So when I move, gotta move like a ninja. Caucus mountain the dirt, that's why I sit. I massive proportions.
1: So them, they live we we blame, yeah, I'll never lead them to the slaughterhouse without a doubt, never no something out in this room, we gotta live out. Take the power back to the people, propaganda got them twisted, they listening to the evil, wishing, for the next Nero. With some ambition to save us and play the hero, justice for us is zero. Posted up with pawns in the game, pushin' script and it don't ever change. Get your pieces on the board, cause we been in the checkmate. Attacking the monster. We Right, weapon in the war game, third eye wide Water is a warrior, mean mentality Seeing what's in front of me Gotta spit the truth, no matter even if they come for me It be revolutionary Representing Midwest style, Ancient times, don't lose sight, hey? like stuck in the game with the same old players, generational overseers, I hate to say it,
0: go, a
1: expand a mind, using knowledge, to the me. see the game for what it really is, take what you know, and it to the kids, the only apply to Put them all, the devils, don't they on human souls, it's a whole game, <laughs> they play. Whole game, War game, War game, War game, whole game, whole game.
0: seat with the rest of the ancestors won't live as a slave on a tangent. bury me at seat with the rest of the ancestors When they ask, tell them it was four games. When they ask, tell them it
2: Peace, prosperity, salutations. You're now rocking with the brand. This is On The Wake Up Radio. I am your host, Yurema Karama, with the illustrious, the beautiful, the extravagant behind the scenes engineer who makes all of this happen, Cindy. Yes, of On The Wake Up Radio. Yes, we appreciate Cindy for making this happen, of allowing us to have this platform to build on. And uh, we thank you for your your work and your due diligence. This is On The Wake Up Radio. This is a weekly broadcast coming to you from www.onthewakeupradio.com. I am the host, Yurima Karama. And I hope that everyone is having a splendid week. I hope that everyone is staying jab free. I don't want anybody out here getting jabbed. You know they it, it's, it's, they ain't they ain't shot the they ain't shot the main hook yet. They just right now they just they just jabbing they just jabbing. So I hope that everyone is ducking ducking that jab because if you can duck the jab, you can probably sidestep the sidestep the, the 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 main the main right hook or the main left. So uh, yeah, hope everybody's ducking that. I Hope everybody is uh, having uh, a, a good time with family friends and uh, loved ones as well because we are living in some very trying times right now. Um and but if you're if you're in warrior mode, this is the time this is the time that you want to live in. This is that time that you wanna be in. This is this is your time if you're in warrior mode. Because you see the change that's taking place. You see what's happening and you definitely wanna be a part of that change. You definitely wanna be locked into that. So uh, I appreciate all of our frontline warriors out here who are doing the damn thing. I appreciate all of our frontline warriors who uh, get behind the scenes and, and we talk, we manifest destiny, we build, we strategize, we cry, we laugh, we share, we share emotions and then we get right back on the battlefield and do it again for another day. So salute to all of you salute to our elders um, salute to our, 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 council of elders who haven't sold out the council of elders who, who keep it real, the council of elders who still provide that guidance. And um, because of the wealth of wisdom that they have picked up in their life's journey, they are able to pass that on to us Uh in the younger generation so that we can continue to 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 keep that moving forward and and pass that on and it becomes generational and that's what we're going to uh, talk about tonight um and i i was able to um connect with this brother through through cindy and a beautiful thing um and his organization his foundation is called sons foundation and Sons Foundation, you can. Uh, that's Sons, S-U-N-Z Foundation. And just talking to this brother, uh, just just the first couple of minutes uh, of just talking to, um, just talking to this brother, you you can tell when you're in the presence uh, of greatness. Um, And sometimes you don't have to be in the physical presence, but you can just the voice says it all Uh, what they say just resonates with you. And this is how this is how we must be in tune with ourselves, with our own bodies like um, you can. And I always say that you have the you have the physical pendulum, but you also have the the internal pendulum. Um, And so that internal pendulum can let you decipher if you're really in tune, you could decipher BS from real stuff. And, and you can, you could just, when you're really in tune, you can always tell. And sometimes it's just really immediate. You don't have to play any guessing games. You just hear it. And you know, okay, this is, this is that element of truth. This, this being that's in front of me or this being that I'm listening to right now, they're, they're, they're spitting that truth because it resonates with your soul. It hits you on the soul plane. And when I talked to this brother, uh, Brother Youssef Suda uh earlier, that's the exact, that's the exact sense that I got uh from the very first words that he spoke. Um I knew that he that he's I know that he's about this life and just the work that he's doing. So I want to I want to bring the brother on, but before I do, um this is just a little snippet of Son's foundation. Um and it's a sonship pledge of honor and, and the reason the reason this this broadcast is important is because you heard me talk about um you and, and this is how the universe works this, this is just you know and, and, it, and it manifests in my life all the time this is how it works so i talked about i was putting together a program not even knowing this brother not even knowing the work that he's doing i was talking about i'm putting together a program uh um and connecting with some other brothers and sisters to start a rites of passage for our young black youth and our young our, our young black youth, uh, both our boys and our girls. And I think the age we talked about was age 13. As a matter of fact, I did that broadcast like a couple of weeks back. Like I said, you know, because all other groups, they have a rites of passage for their particular for their particular youth. You know, you have the bar mitzvahs with the with the with the Jews and and, and the, the, I call them the fake Jews and all of that. But you know, the the Latino community they have a rites of passage for theirs, but we don't have that for ours, and that's so important that we have. And then, boom, I get connected with this brother and um, Sons Foundation, and I'm going to let him go through in further detail and explain. But this is what they said: their pledge, all males are sons. And it says, I acknowledge that one day I must stand alone without them. That's one. Number two, I am a son, a gift of two parents, a father and mother. I know there are two sides to every story. That's two. Three, I pledge to seek to learn both in fairness to my future. Number four, I seek to create as much opportunity to know each side for myself. Number five, I pledge to find the truth as best I can. Number six, it is with this truth that I can decide for me, Without it, I cannot. Number seven, I understand to dishonor the truth of my father's existence is to dishonor my existence. Number eight, the truth is it is because of my father that I am here. Number nine, I understand I do not have to accept the misdeeds of my parents to accept their existence as their son. Number 10, I cannot hold on to their misdeeds without also holding on to my pain. Number 11, I honor them as a part of my life, though they may or may not be present. Mm. Number 12, I pledge to fight the failed understanding I may have held about my father and or mother. Number 13, I know by honoring me, I honor being a son from their birth. Number 14, I seek to be a good son. 15, their offenses are not my own. Their youth is theirs and theirs alone. Number sixteen, I pledge to let go of the pain so that I may live. And number seventeen, I am a son, and that I must be. And later on, I'll get into the father's pledge. So that was the son's pledge, and later on, I'll get into the father's pledge. But without without uh, further ado, I want to get and 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 have this brother first of all go through his resume his brother's a consultant he's an architect he's uh he's a builder um and, and but i'll let him explain that uh brother Youssef suda how are you this evening family
3: my brother i'm doing well thank you
2: awesome mm-hmm. so let me let me start by saying i appreciate you taking the time out to uh be on on the wake up radio with us um we are live right now. So uh, the audience is listening. And I just want to, I just want to, I I just want to shut up at this point and let you go in by telling us um, about yourself um, and what got you to this point, how you created the Suns, S-U-N-Z foundation and, Mm -hmm. and break down why it's a why it's a ritual passage and not a rites of passage. But please tell us about yourself, brother. I'm 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 gonna shut up.
3: Okay. Well, brother, one, let me say to you, I'm really humble. I've been called a lot of things in the course of my lifetime, but great is rarely one of them. <laughs> so I, I do thank you for that. Um, I feel I feel privileged to have been sought out by anyone that is interested in improving the quality of life of African people, our sons, our daughters, our mothers, our fathers, and our grand sisters. So I thank you for that opportunity. We have a fair amount of work to do, to say the least. That work can only be assured or performed by persons like yourself, persons like Cindy, persons like mentors of mine over the course of the years. And I'm doing my level best simply to be a good student. Uh, my professions are interesting, but they are not as important as our assisting our young people. And I mentioned to you earlier, Earlier, I try not to use the word young people, but I've learned that since I'm 76, most of the people I know are younger than I. <laughs> so, so I'm sort of, Stuck with the idea that I'm most of the time dealing with people who are simply younger than I. I will give you as brief a background about me as I can because I have difficulty talking about myself. Uh, I'm an organizational analyst that involves doing consulting for companies, both governmental, quasi-governmental, and private. I restructure an existing operation to improve its efficiency and make its staff more effective. I have trained teachers. I have worked in school systems. I have, um, I'm also an architect. I've done that since 1963. Now, uh, my inspiration to become an architect was because I was a student in high school, a junior high school, And at the time in 1959, I was sitting in the back of a classroom, and there was an article on the bulletin board behind me that talked about a building, and the building was called the Illinois, and I was living in Chicago. The building was a concept by uh, one of the country's foremost and innovative architects. His name was Frank Lloyd Wright. Well, the building was a mile high. This is 1959. Elevators were not new, but they certainly was not as advanced as they are presently. So the concept was the building would use elevators that would travel 60 miles an hour, which meant that in a mile you could get up to the um the top story fairly rapidly. That inspired me to change my interest from civil engineering to architecture. And I was approximately about 15, 15, 16 years old at the time. So I began to pursue that. I studied architecture at uh, some of the universities in Chicago. I studied architecture in the Art Institute in Chicago. Years later, I went to the military. I stayed there for two years. I uh, was discharged out of the military, and I subsequently began to pursue my career in architecture with an African firm by the name of Sultan and Campbell, two men who were key to my getting the opportunity to pursue my career as an architect. Wonderful men. worked with them for seven years, met a gentleman by the name of Ed Taylor, who's no longer with us. The three men in fact are not. Another gentleman by the name of Fred Thomas, who is no longer with us, but very skilled, very skilled men. And I learned a great deal from them. I then became more interested in look, and this was in Washington, D.C. I needed't understand. If we're going to pursue our lives it's to know how to manage things. so I then pursued also a degree in business management. That led me to another mentor of mine who um, a friend I called William Tutman, who was a <laughs> a clinical psychologist and subsequently he was the director of the East Coast Peace Corps in Africa. he Informed me that there are many processes that are useful for us to understand if, in fact, we want to manage the activities that we call life and we wanted to be able to push forward things that, in fact, oftentimes we are much more interested in the content of a situation rather than effective processes that would result in that. So that turned me toward um, as an organizational analyst. So I learned things from him such as conflict resolution, um, seminar presentation development, designs. I learned things that would take a long time for me to explain. But I also am a sculptor. I'm also a painter. Uh, I have nine sons, did have two daughters. One of my daughters recently and a few years ago passed. Um, I have sons who are my adopted sons, and one of which is in Jamaica another of which is actually in Cuba. And I do what I can do to assist men to un- male and being a man is substantially different they're not the same. Sonship evolved as a byproduct of me inheriting through a request from at West Las Vegas uh, um, Art Center a, from five men who had been taking a ritual, uh, a rite to passage program. I was asked to administer the program so I redesigned the program because I understood There's a substantial difference between a rite, R-I-T-E, and a ritual. I recognize, for example, in my earlier conversation with my brother, who was the host here, that we must understand that every culture in the world has a rite, R-I-T-E, which in fact allows them to train boys from a cultural perspective, but those responsible that are gonna be a part of their life as they grow to become from boys to men. But the continuity of the culture allows them to pass on generational ideas, concepts, nuance, uh, qualities that are not written, but they're there. People live these things. And the African in the US, that placement was under duress. We are not volunteer immigrants to this country. We are the ancestors of our ancestors. We were forced to be here under duress. That duress is delineated by Willie Lynch. If you've ever read the Willie Lynch, uh, being offered to um, the parasites who were enslaving our family. Facts. Uh, what, what to do, how to instill fear. How to ensure that progressively they, as owners of Africans through duress, through kidnapping, through murder, would not have to worry if they followed his suggestions and direction. So the thing that was done was to take the most powerful within the family and destroy his ability to function, to create in him fear, to destroy the spirit of his lineage to make certain that under no circumstances would he revisit himself, his family, his origin, because to do so was under the threat of death. That was done very skillfully. That was done and reinforced. So one of the things that Willie proposed is that you take the strongest person in a black body, male, and you tie him to two horses going in opposite directions, by an arm and a leg and you beat the horses until they rip him apart physically. And you make certain that all of the African residents as enslaved people see this. And then if in fact there's any rebellion by any male, you beat him within an inch of his life now. These things are not something that I've created. These are things that you can read if you purchase and buy or go online and talk about Willie Lynch and it'll tell you. That has destroyed the fabric of a right, R-I-T-E, that we could pass on. Because to obliterate a man's language, and to obliterate his ability to protect and manage his household, You, in turn, has ripped his spirit and that energy that makes it possible for him to forward his life. So I then redesigned the program in order to make certain that we would understand very basic things. Some of those basic things were that we must have ethics. We must have integrity. We must have honor. We must be responsible, we must also be accountable. Those five things are the beginning of character development. If one has lots of money but no character, one is like a Donald Trump. One is like a George Washington. One is like a Thomas Jefferson. One is like anyone who has managed to steal property, proclaim the property is his, and then insists that he's discovered a new place. Well, whatever history we have been taught in school as legitimate reason is that we tend to not understand that these were bandits and a bandit by its definition is one who tries to get something for nothing. So the founding bandits are the persons who are considered to be the forerunners of democracy in this country. Yet we, as African people, have never seen any democracy. We've only seen fascism, despotism, pain, suffering, and an eradication and the disassembled of our families. So the Sun's program is to reconstruct the character of our relationship as males and thereby becoming men. There are Ritual passages that we can perform based upon those five things that I mentioned that are essential if we're going to build character in our homes, in our families. As I was sharing with my brother earlier today, there is no such thing as a single parent household. By definition, a family is a family only if there exists a male and a female as either husband and wife or father and mother, but you must have both parties. You cannot have an aircraft that doesn't have the ability for propulsion. It doesn't have the ability to move. It doesn't have the ability to fly. You cannot have a family that's only headed by a mother. You cannot have a family only headed by a male. And there's a difference between being a male and being a man. So the ritual passage to manhood is to teach, train, and get one to practice ethics, integrity, honor, responsibility, and accountability. So that program has been born out of the idea that if those things are being practiced by men, we can heal the family because you must place the male in his home by those qualities that i mentioned and he must practice those qualities now one doesn't become a man it's always becoming at 76 years old i am becoming a man in spite of the fact that i have a son that's 54. (coughs) excuse me i have sons who are younger and nine sons and The men who are my sons, as I mentioned to you, are not my biological sons. They are my sons. So the son's foundation is founded on the idea that once we can get in the hearts and minds and spirits that every male is a son. If you do not honor your father or you dislike your father, you must acknowledge the fact that without him, you cannot be here. If you do not manage your relationship with your mate, then you are failing in the objective of being the father and the son that you wish to be. And by being that, by understanding those principles by which the brother read, and that's the pledge. I've had a young man at nine years old stand at a graduation ceremony. who's never seen his father since he was three, four years old, his father is in prison. And he stood on stage after graduating from the program and he said, I realized as a result of going through this program that I do not have to go to jail like my father. I thought I was going to have to go to jail. That was heartbreaking and also joyful at the same time. So in essence, to finish a bit, the Sons program is there to assist males to become men. I know some 65-year-old boys. I know some 18-year-old men. So age has nothing to do with manhood. Character does. How you do what you do. Do you do what you say? Is it done? Can you make a commitment and fulfill that commitment? To yourself is the first commitment that you make. The first word that you give is to you. If you can keep your word to you, then you can keep your word to someone else. If you cannot do that, then your word to someone else does not matter. So I'm open to anything else that you might ask. I think that might be helpful so you'll understand the nature of what I do.
2: Brother Youssef, I, I so appreciate you. Um, if I may, um, because I, I, I for, for the ones in the back that, that might not have heard, um, I would ask if it's not too much brother can you break down again um because i i you know there, there's so much work that you do and have done in the span of your life that is so important and so valuable for our black community but when you break down um rites of passage versus ritual of passage what are the specific key things that that we as a group are lacking to where it has to be a ritual. And, and, and I'm a guy, I believe in rituals. So, but that's on a whole nother page, but what is lacking that we would need to make it a right that in order for it to become a rite of passage for our young uh, uh, or, or for our boys and for our men um, because, because the, the nature of your foundation is not just boys, it's men as well. And and, and yeah. I can, or males as well, I can appreciate that. But what is it that we lack to make it a right?
3: We must understand the value of understanding. Now that sounds a bit rhetorical. What I mean by that is, by understanding the value of understanding, you can seek clarity through the process of investigation of those things that are you need to know but those things that you need to know are not simply words that you regurgitate they're also understanding what they mean and don't mean consider this as an idea we speak a foreign language I'm speaking a foreign language what is that foreign language that I'm speaking I'm speaking Englishman English, with, English. Neither you or nor I are Englishmen. Therefore, the language that you and I are speaking is foreign because it is not our quote unquote historical ancestral native language. So the byproduct of that is that there is much that we do not understand in our effort to be understood. We cannot perform something that we don't understand. Culture is a byproduct of the experience that one has in relationship to that which approves the quality of their life. The management of a household is the definition of economics. The original definition and essence of economics is the management of a household. If you destroy the structure of the household, you are in form, in fact, destroying those rights, ITE that are a regular part of the culture by which you are involved in. Therefore, if that has been dismantled, your ability then to perform those things is going to be amiss. They're going to be awry. They're not going to happen. So understanding the need to understand is very important. Now, if you do not understand something, you cannot perform it. And there's a difference between saying I understand and truly understanding. If you look very carefully at the word understanding and consider this idea, if I ask you and I'm asking you to answer these questions, what does the word under mean?
2: Uh, Under means to... means to be under means somebody something or somebody is over top of you you're under there you go you're beneath something therefore if that's true the corollary is something is above you is that correct yes
3: okay now keeping that in mind so we can say under means to be beneath or below something therefore something is above is that fair yes absolutely okay and Again, another question. What does the word stand mean? Give me a definition in your mind of the word stand.
2: Stand, Mm -hmm. S-T-A-N-D? S-T-A-N-D, stand. Upright on your feet? Um, Hmm.
3: That's fine. That's good. To be upright. To be upright, preferably, logically, over something. Is that correct?
2: Yes, yes. Yes, you're,
3: if you're standing, you're over the floor. You're not yeah. underneath it or beneath
2: it, right? Facts, yes. So
3: here we have two two words. Now, the word ing, the suffix ing, indicates that something is actually in process. Is that fair?
2: Yes, yeah. You're
3: running. You're running. You're in process of lifting the foot and putting it down fast, so we're we're, we're running. If yeah. you're walking, we're in the process of movement at a pace, that is not running, but we are in the process. Right. So if I use the word understanding, I, see I have two words. one means one means under and the other one means upright. But we use both words as if we really do understand what they mean. Yet, I would tell you that we do not. Now, here's why I say that. How do you be underneath something and above it at the same time?
2: Yeah, theoretically, it's impossible. (laughs) There you go.
3: How do you do those two things and be in process of doing those two things effectively? How do you do that?
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
3: Okay. Now, all all I'm asking, all I'm requesting is that we think about what I'm saying. Okay? Thinking about it. I want to open the mind so the mind can think. It means that anything that you know, you know, you're certain about, you have knowledge of, you can stand underneath anything that you know. Doesn't matter what it is. You can perform any task if you know the task. You can stand underneath it with knowledge, with the gift of knowledge, with the gift of knowing, with the gift of certainty. So you can stand underneath anything that you know. Therefore, when you're doing that, you are in process of understanding the something that in fact, you are aware of and you have certainty of. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, what I I mean is certainty, knowledge gives you the ability to stand under the knowledge that you know firmly. And the more you understand about something, the stronger you are about that something. Is that correct? Agreed. Yes. Therefore, your understanding increase by virtue of the knowledge you gain. And if that's true, understanding something is based upon the knowledge and certainty and data that you have that you can support and cannot be moved off of the things that you actually know. So
0: mm-hmm. the
3: word is actually informing you that anything that you know you understand and you can stand underneath it with certainty and continue to do that as long as you are improving the knowledge that you gained in relationship to the subject matter that you in fact have decided to learn. Therefore you have understanding. Now,
2: are we on the same page so far? Yes, mind blown, but I'm with you, absolutely. If I
3: want to change the condition under which a people function or a person function or my child or my daughter or my wife, the thing that I want her to do is understand what I'm saying. I don't want you to agree with it. I need you first to understand it. Because if you understand what I'm saying, then and only then is it possible for you to agree to do it or not do it. Is that fair? In essence, you cannot perform something in advance of understanding it. Facts. If I want a people to improve the quality of their life, I have to improve the quality of their reasoning. And I do that through the process of informing them as to with certainty the things that they need to know in order to improve the quality of their character. Therefore, they must have ethics. Therefore, they must have integrity. The definition of integrity means something that's whole. If I rip something apart, I've broken its integrity. It no longer has solidity, it no longer has form. I've shattered it. So if a man cannot be trusted, he has no integrity. Why? Because he's unpredictable. He functions with uncertainty. You cannot rely on his judgment. Why? He has no integrity. His ethics are shallow. Why? Because he doesn't keep his word. If that's true, you cannot honor him. If that's true, to expect him to take responsibility is not going to happen because he doesn't have sufficient sufficient knowledge, i.e. in the word responsibility is respond, which means to act or react. The word ability implies knowledge. So he has to have knowledge in order to react or react appropriately, therefore take responsibility for the behavior. And if that's true, and he does that something, he can show you, I did it. Therefore he can account for, account for, i.e. count that's something which he has done in such a way you then know that he's performed with responsibility, with integrity, with honor, and he's kept his word, which means he's an ethical human being. And if that's true, we can begin to change the way he behaves. And it's the practice that matters, not the words. I want to see what he'll do. Will he keep his word to himself? He gives it first and then he gives it to someone else. But if he cannot keep his word to himself, he cannot keep his words to you. What does this mean? We cannot train easily 10 million people at one time, but we certainly can do it one at a time. There's an idea of each one teach one. I'm sure we've heard that. The reason for that is that one replicates understanding through students to get them to perform the tasks that are necessary. And that is what apprenticeship is about. If I can get you to lay brick, know how to lay brick, show you how to cut it, lay it, make an arch, build a straight wall, use a plumb bar, use a level, use a trial, lay the mortar on the foundation and on the brick properly and smoothly so that you can raise a wall that is replicating my knowledge. If that's true, I then am building into you the possibility of being a builder or a bricklayer or, if you wish, a mason. Because that's all a mason is, one who knows how to lay brick, build buildings, level structures, make them livable, make them safe. Now, this has to do with building Humanity, building sons, building sons into men. You must get them to understand ethics, integrity, honor, responsibility, accountability is an essential part of character development. Why? Because you are not a human being that's worth anything if you have no character. Even if you are wealthy with money, you are just filthy, even though you might be rich. That's how we change the mindset of a people so that they in turn can express what our ancestors did in ancient times because we are the parents of humanity. There were no people on this planet until there were African people on this planet. Everybody else is new. Therefore, the new people that now run this country are running it in the ground because we got a baby. It's just that the baby has a gun, and that's dangerous. We've let our child with fair skin, blue hair, and eyes run the planet into the ground. And that's what's going on. We got an atomic bomb with a weak mind. We got better phones in 2021 compared to the ones of the 19. 10 to 1920s and 1930s, we got better phones and horrible human beings. The human beings have an advance and the phones are better. The cars are more luxurious, but the driver is still a stupid, ignorant, parasitic, backward human being that doesn't understand the value of humanity and not peeing in the water and then figuring out a way to get it out so he can drink. That is beyond ignorance. That dwells on insanity. So my answer to your question is we are losing sight of the fact that we cannot logically, mechanically do this with large numbers of people, but we will end up with large numbers of people if we progressively replicate those things that makes it possible for young men and women to become people of character so that the family functions as a family, so that men and women understand that the cycle of action has to do with how they grow, cooperate, and interact with each other so that their children are better, so that the girls will understand from their fathers, that's what they want in their husband, so that the boys will understand from their mothers, that's what I want in my wife. If that's true, because they see the two members of the household growing and functioning harmoniously and supporting each other, there's no conflict, and that conflict is minimal if it is, and they have means and ways by which to explain it, talk it out, get it done, and achieve the objective so everybody eats, everybody's warm, everybody's comfortable, and everybody's safe. That is a family. That family unit builds a community. That community builds a town. That town communic- builds a state or a country, and thereby a nation. That is the process, because that is how it was torn apart. If you reverse the process, you get the answer. So the men of integrity protecting the women of integrity, cultivating children of integrity, boys and girls turned into men and women on the basis of their ability to interact and cooperate with families other than their own because they respect the nature of what it means to be a member of a family, thereby a member of a community, thereby those collective groups of communities Will interact with other communities, and then we will have a nation.
2: Wow, brother, brother Yusuf Suda, um, thank you. You're welcome. Just thank you.
3: You're welcome. Thank you.
2: So, 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 um, it's <laughs> this is this is this is awesome. Cause usually I'm the one speaking and now I feel like I'm in class. You make me feel like a kindergartner <laughs> the way you just broke it down. That, that, that is so awesome because, uh, integrity is, is so very important. Everything you just said right now is so spot on and what is needed in our community desperately. And for you to take the reins with our, with, with our males and boys, um, and to put the time in. And it's clear. And and when I started this, I said that when you and I spoke earlier, I could just the first couple of minutes, I knew my spirit said it. Um, You can tell when it's real and when it's fake. And and, um, I gravitated towards you as soon as you spoke uh, because it's so real. Um, Just real quick, um, do want to remind everyone that this is on the wake up radio. If you haven't subscribed, make sure that you subscribe. Uh, to www.onthewakeupradio.com. This is a Cindy Ashby production, and uh, much gratitude to Cindy, uh, much gratitude to Cindy because Cindy is the one who connected me with this with this brother Youssef Suda, so I'm so thankful for that. Um, so, uh, brother Youssef, where do we, where do you envision um, the next because of everything that's going on. And and, and I, I love the way you broke down the, the, the parasitic nature of what we're seeing in people right now, uh, the advancements in technology, but the digression of, of humanity, so to speak. Um, where do you see us in the next five years? Because right now, I think that um, from a spiritual standpoint, um, I think that how we how every people view things differently. It's all in your outlook, it's all in how you know the uh, what you're feeding your mind, the diet that you are uh, uh, ingesting into the cerebral cortex, so to speak, um, is 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 what people are seeing in front of them. So I can see that, for instance, I can see, um, that there's there's some chaos and turmoil, but I can also see that we can get through this. Um, mm-hmm. Others I just see a straight party. Others don't see mm-hmm. anything; they just see what CNN and MSNBC tells them. Um, others just see turmoil and chaos and think it's it's over in the next few days and this is it, this is all. I don't see it like that. So, what do you see for the next five years, and how can we um, help to expand on what you've already? Uh, produced and are producing? Well, I would
3: make a suggestion. There is some things about time that we've bought into that are irrelevant. Now, here's what I mean. Two years ago, I went to Kemet, the place that you call, most people call Egypt. And it was my first trip. My dear wife insisted that I go. This was her second time going. She was there with a, a brother by the name of Yasir Hotep, who is a comedic, comedic yoga teacher. So she went with him on the first trip. And upon returning, she insisted that I had to go on the next trip. Now, at the time, it was difficult because we did not really have the money to do so, but she insisted. So she found a way to make it possible And I supported that because it was something that I really wanted to do. So I went to Kemet to study yoga with the master teacher, Nasir. During my visit, we walked through various kinds of edifices that had been fully populated 10,000 plus years ago. So many of those edifices are still there, there were columns. That are 75, 90 feet tall. There are Tekens, which we call obelises, that are still there. There are columns that are being bridged one to the other by what's called a lintel. A lintel is something that goes between uh, two columns or two upright things that we call columns, and they are bridged across what we call beings, or they're called lentils. Now, one of the things that was very impressive to me, none of the things that we visited were in the, indicated in any manner, anything related to death. Nothing that we visited was an indication of death. Nothing. And we went to the Valley of the kings. We went to any number of quote-unquote Egyptian Um, edifices temples etc those words are really somewhat of a misnomer of what's actually there but they are identified that way so I'll use the terms for the sake of making certain that I'm not using terminology that is alien to the listeners so I'm standing with the master teacher and I'm looking up at columns that are 75 to 90 feet tall and they're so wide at the base that in order to get around, put up, get around the base, every five, six, seven, maybe eight people would have to hold hand in hand at their fingertips to get enough people in alignment to get around the base of a column. And those, there are 75 or 80 columns. That's how large the base were. Now, why is that important? Because when you look up at the columns, they... We're showing signs of things that related to life and living. The answers to how they were built are there. It's just that we cannot read it any longer. Why is that important? Because the lintels that were put in place five to 10 to 20,000 years ago are still perfectly level. Now, let me repeat that those lintels that are standing ten stories those lintels are still perfectly level spanning between two columns and the only thing that we know that was used was a square like a triangle a plumb bar which is a rope that has a stone at the end of it to make something straight okay and a compass which was used to measure and or draw circles so the mason, when you see a person that's in the, a mason, i.e., who has, he says, I belong to the masonhood, he has, his symbol is a compass, a square, looks like a triangle, and a plumb bob, i.e., something with a string and a rope. Those were the tools that the quote-unquote African labeled as Egyptians used to build these things that I mentioned to you. So what you see is the integrity and honor of a group of people who, in fact, not only build, but those buildings still stand. Now, I'll share something else with you in my excitement of this experience. We were going to go to an exhibit. In the exhibit that we're going to go into was the actual building and grounds that we were going to walk and they had a model of the grounds that we were going to walk on in a pavilion, which we were standing. The model covered more than a quarter of the room that we were standing in to show us how large this thing was at a scale that was about one sixtieth of an inch equaling a foot. So the model was very tiny as an illustration of something that we were going to walk into where the columns were 90 feet tall or better and the temples were larger. Now, the guide said this to us, he says, this that you're gonna walk into covers 200 acres of land. I will repeat that. We're about to walk into an area that covers 200 acres of land. Now, were we gonna walk that day over 200 acres of land? No. No. Much land, okay? However, he said, that's not what's important. It took to build this something that you're about to walk on. It took 2,000 years from the day it began to finish it.
2: Oh, wow.
3: I did exactly what you just did in my mind's eye. I said, wow. I shook my head from side to side in amazement at the very idea that something could take 2,000 years to complete. But let's consider this. How do you pass on information from the very first day to the very last person that said, we're done, over a 2,000-year period? Now consider this as a point of reference in reality. That means this. Those persons who believe in Yahshua ben Joseph, i.e., better known as Jesus Christ, at the day of his birth to the present day, that is 2,021 years, is that correct? Correct. Okay, that means if that building that we walked into was started the day the boy was born, it would just be 21 years old today. Mm. That was done by the minds of people who did not consider time as an element of interest or importance. But it didn't matter. Why? Because it doesn't exist. When you today or tomorrow see what you would call a sunrise, the sun doesn't move. It sits in the center of this solar system. It is always shining. It's just that this little ball that we sit on called this grain of sand called Earth, it is moving at a thousand miles an hour, which is why with a circumference and a rotation of 25,000 miles during the course of a 24 hour period, it means that the sun is actually traveling a thousand miles an hour. I'm sorry, the planet is actually traveling a thousand miles an hour. If that's true, you cannot go faster on this planet than you are, can go when you're standing still because you're standing still, you're moving on the surface of this planet a thousand miles an hour. Now, if that's true, What you're seeing is witnessing as a sunrise or a sunset. You're just watching the earth rotate with you standing on it and facing the sun when it rises in the morning or you're going away from that sun in the evening. So you look at it as being a sunrise and sunset. Why is that important? Because you're lying to yourself by saying it's a sunrise or a sunset. It isn't. It's no more than the rotation of the planet in relationship to the sun. So time doesn't exist. Mm. How could it be? You and I are talking. Am I right? Yes. We're talking. What time is it where you are? 10.59. 10.59. It's 7.59 here. We're talking about different times, but at the same moment. How could that be?
2: (laughs) Right, right, right. You understand? Oh, Yeah. The little things,
3: <laughs> there is the, the lie, you see? And over the temple, in every area in Kemet, there was a notation that said to thyself be true. Mm. But if you're lying to you about what you see, then the illusion and delusion is yours because you're accepting something as true that is false. And that falsehood keeps you trapped in a belief that has nothing to do with good sense or sanity. So I have to uncrazy you for you to understand how to be sane and be accountable. You have no integrity if you're accepting lies as being the truth. Mm. You have no honor if, in fact, you accept the lie as being the truth. If you believe that today is September, you're in trouble because the sun doesn't care what you think. It only does what it does. Wow. Mm. You can believe in Santa Claus. You can believe in Jesus Christ. You can believe in Muhammad. You can believe whatever you wish, but belief does not replace fact and thereby truth. If I lied to you and I told you I lied to you, I told the truth about lying. Therefore, I'm telling you the truth. Got it?
2: (laughs) Yes, yes.
3: You, You understand? Yes. So what I'm saying that we have to get rid of the delusion and thinking that belief is much more valuable than fact. The reason that this pandemic is a pandemic because a June bug with an orange face lied to people about the something that was going on and then insisted that a vaccine be uncovered without any efficacy, meaning any period of time by which we could prove whether or not the thing that we're going to inject in your body was effective. So now we got thousands of people dying because they're being utilized And the efficacy period that would ordinarily happen if science was allowed to run the show properly, it might take a year or two years, but I wouldn't have people dying because of the product that I'm injecting into their bodies. Because I would have effectively found out if I can cause the virus to not do what it would do. I need to know why the virus performs the way it performs in order for me to find a solution to not having it do what it does because the virus is a living organism. Guess what it wants to do as a living organism? Tell me. What does it want to do as a living organism? What do you want to do as a living organism? Live. Thank you.
2: Your objective is simple. I want to live. (laughs) Self-preservation. First law of nature. A living organism has
3: one objective, to live. It is not trying to kill anything, it's just finding host bodies by which will further its growth, its ability to be alive. If that kills you, okay, but that's not its objective. I need to find out why it performs the way it performs so I can solve the problem that in fact results in my death. Therefore, I don't soft pedal finding reasoning associated with something that I want to prevent which is my death. I need to find out why it does what it does. What is its target thinking, behavior? How does it behave that results in it doing what it wants? What it's doing, but it's not doing that consciously. It's just simply, it didn't plan to kill me. It just says, okay, it, there's there's a muscle. Let me pop into it because I can get something from it to perform what I need to have done. When the orange man didn't level with people about what it would do, what it was doing, and then utilize his authority to further the idea, that I want one in five months or six months in five days. The organism doesn't think that way. It might take it two years to be neutralized by finding out why it does what it does. Because if you cannot find out the why, you cannot find a solution. Facts. Therefore, people are dying. A friend of mine died yesterday because he would not wear a mask. What is the most effective way against a disease? Don't catch it.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: That, is, that isn't hard. The hard part about it, my dear brother and audience is, it's not hard. That's the hard part. The hard part is it's not hard. The simplicity of something oftentimes eludes us because we're busy looking with our eyeballs, which are meat eyes, rather than looking with our mind's eye. Mm. Because the truth, as you indicated, sits in front of us and we don't see it. Mm.
2: So basically we need a, basically and this is something that I said uh, years ago, we need a deprogramming and reprogramming of our thinking completely. We need an understanding of the necessity to do either.
3: It is necessary to understand. So I said to you at the heart of our problem is that we don't understand the value of understanding. Mm -hmm. That's the most awesome difficulty of all. We We don't value understanding. We want to value data. Data is just data. Mm. And we don't understand much of that. We speak a language that is foreign. There's only 26 letters in the language. The Chinese has six to 8,000 letters to make up a language. Which one do you think is the brighter of the two?
0: Mm.
2: Chinese.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. The African at home. The average child speaks at least three languages. Okay? At least three. Yeah. And you wanna come call him illiterate? The average African child can speak three languages interchangeably depending upon which one of his friends he's talking to. We speak every language on this planet as African people. We speak Portuguese, we can speak Russian, we can speak Polish, we can preach <laughs> Yugoslavian. Any language that we want to learn, we learn it. And then go home and speak the languages that we spoke before. Here we are speaking a foreign language and thinking that somehow we're smart. I'm just saying, the hard part about it is not hard. We have not understood the value of understanding. The African is not an African by definition. That is a name that we've accepted as proof positive of something that was handed to us by someone who just saw us as being black and said, well, yeah, those are Africans. Well, that just meant black. And then we walk around saying something, but okay, let's accept the fact that we're African. That's fine. But if we're going to accept the fact that we are African or accept African as being a fact, then let's understand what it actually means and our embracing it and the effect that it has upon us by accepting a language that's not ours because if that's true, the spirit of the right to passage has been dissolved because we are taking on an enculturation that has nothing to do with us. Nothing. Facts. I can't be me without being me. Hmm. And the, the me of me says my brother whom I've never laid eyes upon is important to me. So I said to my brother whom I've never laid eyes upon today, based upon his objectives, you call me and I'll help you do whatever that something is that you want to do. But I do expect those five things that I mentioned to be a part of what you do. If you demonstrate to me they're not, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to find out why. If I can find out why. I can cure it. I can heal it, and then we're back on track to be able to achieve and get things done. When the objective is only to achieve what we want, and if we achieve what we want, we're gonna like each other. Because why? We're gonna get along. Mm. Powerful, powerful. Um, Again, the hard part is—it's not hard. But go ahead. I'm listening
2: no I, I I wanted to um be, be, this is just so powerful and I, I again I, I thank you for taking time out to to um to to come on this platform uh i I, I have a sense and, and I, I just have a sense I keep wanting to say mr <laughs> but brother uh brother yousef. I'm trying to get away from this European terminology It's just so frustrating sometimes, especially when, you know, but I I do want to, um, I want to read all the father's pledge if that's okay with you. Yes. Okay. So the father's pledge um, says, let me go here. So the father's pledge says, as sons of our fathers, many of us have suffered the absence of fathers for many reasons, yet the facts and the truth are not the same. It is a fact that many fathers are absent from our homes. The truth is many left our homes and families by dying in battles, some from disputes in the household, some by murder at hands of other men, some by natural transition, and many for reasons too numerous to list. We are the sons of our fathers. We sons accept both the causes and effects. We cast no blame. We relinquished the responsibility out our generosity and failure to understand what was always there for us to see. Number two, the truth of many lost fathers can be found in crimes of a nation that cared little for our father's right to life. I am his, a son with unlimited love. I shall teach his grandson, my son, to honor his efforts to live. We sons accept both the causes and effects. We cast no blame, We accept, we relinquished the responsibility out our generosity and failure to understand what was always there for us to see. Number three, I pledge as a son, a father and grandfather to aid my sons to be competent and men of unyielding character within our families, our communities and with other men, no matter their kind to improve the quality of our survival and i just want to say if you brought up a, a a a great point with the and i know it sounds so cliche sometimes the each one teach one but i think that you were absolutely spot on with um not being able to teach so much large groups but teaching smaller groups um and having that go out and spread amongst the masses And, um, I'm always a big fan of, I'm always big on, you know, actions and deeds speak louder than words. We can say what we want, but it's the actions of men that, that will tell the story. When I read this pledge, particularly for men, um, as I was reading it, I actually envisioned if black men, just, just if black men around this country, um, For that matter, black men in the world, the three, take the three largest, Brazil, Akebulon or Africa and here, if black men just on that pledge alone, um, overstood, understood, had an understanding and put that into practice um, and just how we look at one another, how our conditions could change overnight.
3: Yes. If we, my brother, look at ourselves as individuals, as being important enough to ourselves, not to lie to ourselves, we will have collectivized African families in a manner that didn't require anything us other than just looking at ourselves from the standpoint of a high sense of responsibility and accountability so that we didn't lie first to ourselves Therefore, we wouldn't do that to someone else. That's simple. That isn't hard. But it's hard for us to not do it because we think that where we are has value. It doesn't. We think that the time has value. It doesn't. If I succeed and it takes me a 1,000 years to build something that took 2,000 years, I've minimized, cut the time at least by half because I've gotten better at doing it. I can do it in a thousand years rather than two now, can't I? I'm better at what I do. Yes. The time doesn't matter. What matters is the accomplishment, the achievement. That's what matters. So you ask me the question, what do I see our are doing in five years? Well, think about that. That's a, that's a, a minute in time when we look at how much time we put into doing so much of that which we've done. And that is, there was, we as African people created thought so that thinking could happen. Because prior to that, there was no thought, therefore there was no thinking. So the Romans, the Greeks, the British, who are a horrendous parasitic group of people, and this country is an extension of Britain, France, England, Britain, France, the UK, France, Germany, and Spain and all the subsequent Germanic countries. This is an extension of that body of people. What do they know? How to kill? That is their concentration. Mm. There's nothing that they've ever done. It is broad civility to any group of people that they have invaded, nothing.
0: Hmm
3: and the African suffers. What does he suffer from? Criminal generosity, because he's a giver. He gave the planet life, living, substance, and material, and resources, and that's still being done, even though on the continent itself, the people suffer, but the people who take the resources are prospering. Why? Because we gave it away. The universe doesn't operate On good or bad, it operates on reciprocity. If you get something, you got to give something. If you give something, you got to get something. If you don't, it corrupts the process because the cycle of action requires that the flow happens, that the flow happens, that flow does happen, that there is both giving and receiving going on simultaneously. If that doesn't happen, things die. If Mm. you take everything, there's nothing left to receive. If you give everything, there's nothing left to give. Mm. Reciprocity is important. It's also called karma. It's also called you get what you (laughs) you receive, what you give. That's true. That's because if you're only doing one of those things, the scale will be imbalanced. And balance is not as important because if things are simply balanced, that's stagnation because there's no movement. Mm. It has to be imbalance for there to be motion. Mm. The African has served the world as a generous person. We're still doing it. We have been told it's better to give than receive. Who in the hell told you that? <laughs> that, is, that is, that is, it's in the fiber of judo, Christian, Islamic religious teaching, because each of those religions are Abrahamic in nature, because the father of each of them is Abraham or Ibrahim. And where does that structure come from? From a body of people that never understood what Kemet, Kemet was telling them through the forty-two. Doctrines of coming forth by day called the 42 negative confessions. Yes. Why are you to say, I have not done? Because that means you have not embarrassed yourself by doing things that you know better than to do. And you've given the opportunity to correct those. So the papyrus of Ani says, my heart is light as a feather. Why? Because I did not violate these 42 things. If there's 40... One, but I didn't get the 42nd. You get the opportunity to correct the behavior by purging yourself of the incident why by coming back again. Junebug, Jabbo Jones, the pale bandit, didn't get it straight. He thought it meant you go to purgatory there by hell. There is no such place as this, <laughs> this uh, guru. His name is Sad Guru. He says this. How do you know? That you're not in heaven and you're making a mess of it.
2: Mm. Mm. Or the parasite is making a mess of it for you. <laughs> Thank you. You understand? It's
3: not hard. Stop looking with your meat eyes. See, with your mind's eye. Look at what's in front of you.
2: Thank you for that, brother. Thank you, brother Youssef. We really appreciate that. Um, How can, so a couple more questions uh, real briefly. How can ones connect with your organization, your foundation, and what can the community do to help?
3: funds if one goes to ship.org much of that can be answered and the reason i referred to it is because it's it's a stable reference by which you can look at read address and revisit as often as you need okay and as it raised questions my phone number is there that you can call me you can ask, ask the questions and i will do my level best to provide you with answers now What I would love to see happen is that the ideas that are discussed there in terms of those five things are being practiced in such a degree that one day I'll walk and find a young boy that's 10 years old who will tell me, you know, you know these five things that you need to do, Mr. Suda? And I'll say, what? If he tells me what he's now learned, and that's what I said, I'd I'd be overjoyed. I'd just do a backflip because I'd be all right. (laughs) Okay. Now I'm I'm saying if you visit the site, read it, contact me, I will always respond to any requests made of me. Program has been delayed because of this COVID. Now I haven't given up. I've just simply delayed it because it has to be structured with a kind of stability that can be passed on to some person that's Perhaps is yet to be born, because if it can be put in the hands of younger men and then passed on as a legacy, then we have something. It's sort of like if you are accustomed to eating chitlings, right, and because your grandmother ate them, <laughs> you didn't know anything about them until you were serving them. I don't suggest you eat them, but at least you understand that that's a generational process that you inherited. So you can stop eating them, but it's coming to you because it's a generational problem. We can do the same thing with anything that's healthy and civil and sane. We can do that. And we have the skill because that is culture. That is right to passage. We pass on things that in fact are not necessarily good for us and we do it very well because it becomes an habitual part of our Effort, therefore, we eat chicken because we eat chicken, <laughs> and it's hard for us not to eat it. So much so that they, many people think, "Well, that's what black people were raised on." Well, some were, but that's not how we began, because we were in the field with every no chickens. There were wild beasts, there were lions, there were <laughs> other kinds of animals. But chickens was not one sitting out out on the plains for us to catch. So I'm just saying. Generationally, there's much that we can do, but we must understand that we can pass on much, provided we have an interest in doing so and make the effort to do so. So, those five things that I mentioned are very valuable because if you embrace them and include them as a part of your behavior, then your performance will indicate that. When that's true, when I say to you, brother, and I just met you, and we're in California or we're in the Mojave Desert, it won't matter because I will truly mean what I said.
2: Yeah, I, I I appreciate that brother and that site um, again for uh, the ones that did maybe didn't catch it um, that's uh, suns ship s u n z s h i p.org www.suns ship or just punch in suns s u n z make sure it's a z ship dot org. And you can go there for more information, learn about the organization, learn about what this brother's doing, the foundation and learn about the uh, take a, take a venture and see the lives that have been changed um, with these five ethics or these five, these five principles that, that you talked about. I love those principles, brother. I, I absolutely love them. They're absolutely necessary for our community, not just for boys, but for men as well. Um, even more so for the males, as a matter of fact, because the 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 boys, they especially the younger boys, they emulate, they emulate us. Yes. And so it's definitely those, those principles are definitely important for our males. I got one last question and I, I, I'm i glad I have you on because I want I want you to speak to this. And it's it's going to be an off the wall question, but I'm sure that you um, I'm sure that you can give us something.
3: I'll try my yeah.
2: best, and I don't want to put my own. I don't want to put my feeling on it. So I just ask the question: What do you feel about, um, people who are? And when when I'm saying people, when I'm I'm strictly talking about Black community, Aboriginal community, yeah. Black community. What do you think about the people who are doing? The same work. And I'm asking this because what I see a lot is that people are there, you know, a lot of moves are being made. People, a lot of times people have good intentions, but this thing called ego gets in the way. And mm-hmm. I, ego was even, was, is even a European, uh, a, 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 a European, it came basically from the Europeans as well because we can work together as a people. We have so many people that are trying to do things, many doing the same thing, but they don't work together. How Mm -hmm. do you feel about that? And is there a remedy for that?
3: The failing failing begins with not understanding that the idea of ego, super ego, and it are three ideas that comes out of Freudian psychology. The idea of ego, is a Freudian idea that has been given legitimacy as if it has great value, it really does not. Now, here's why I say that. Ego, superego, and id are concepts that are born out of Ford's observation, not of humanity as much as is born out of his experimentation and using animals to determine the behavior of people. Therefore, the word psychology really means O-L-O-G-Y means the study of. Psych means, or psyche means spirit. So the word literally means the study of the spirit. However, you can't study the spirit of human beings by promoting investigation through dogs, cats, and mice. If, that's, if you don't understand that, if you're going to evaluate the behavior of human beings on the basis of your experimentation with animals, you've got to miss the point. Why? You're not studying the spirit of human beings, you're studying the effects that you're having on mice and dogs and cats and chickens.
0: Mm. And if
3: you apply that information to African people specifically, or humanity in general, then you're lying further and furthering the lie by believing that somehow ego <clears throat> is a legitimate description of bad behavior. Now, there are two schools of psychology one is Jungian psychology, the other one is Freudian psychology. Jung and Freud knew each other, they disagreed about psychology. Jung approached it, Jung, uh, J. U-N-G approaches Carl Jung, approached it from the viewpoint of looking at cultures and what they did and how they performed and what they did not perform. And he ended up with an archetypal kind of perspective of humanity in reference to what it did and how it did what it did. Freud did the opposite. He looked at animals and ended up with the id, the super id, and the blah, blah, blah. Now, the point I'm making to you, this is a pseudoscience that's been betrayed as legitimate criteria by which you can judge human behavior. It isn't. It's a false behavior to approximate what people do and not do. Now, if one has interest in trying to understand oneself, one is going to, out of necessity, in my opinion, be concerned about what is the best thing for them. If they've suffered through a variety of (laughs) means, ill treatment, bad treatment, then the person that's going to be most important for them to protect is going to be themselves. And that's going to be the hallmark by which they judge everything against. Communal existence has been destroyed within the African in this country because he wasn't allowed to communicate or interact with his own kind at any stage. So those persons who spoke the same language from the village and left the doors of no return in Africa we're separated. One might go to Canada. The other one might go to Virginia. The third one might go to Cuba because they spoke the same language. Why? Because they could communicate. If I break the communications and the power of that, I immediately eradicate the possibility of an insurrection because K, no one talk to anyone. And then I tell you it's against my law under the threat of your life. If I catch you speaking your language, I'm going to knock you off. Therefore, I'm instilling fear. But if you then let me loose, I'm going to do what? Try to protect my interests. Why? Because that's the only person I can rely on. So I become a hustler, a liar, a cheat in order to get away from the things that I struggle through. That isn't ego, that's self preservation personified given the circumstances under which I find myself. Is that good or bad? No, it's self preservation. Why? I can't trust anybody. If I tell, someone i'm going to escape the person who owns the plantation might find out from bob bubba jumbo because he and his effort to be self-preserving is going to go tell and i'm going to get killed therefore i have to make certain i don't say anything to anybody i can't organize it gabriel prosser ran into that problem nat turner ran into that problem harriet my great heroine harriet Told people simple, if you get on this train, you gotta go all the way. If you don't, this musket that I have is for you. So don't get on this train unless you're gonna take a complete ride. And she never stopped. Never stopped. This is a little lady who haven't had one male do that successfully yet. That was an ego. That was understanding. Understand that a person who looks at themselves in a self-preserved manner has the right, if not the responsibility to do that. The way it may pass on to the community is that if one sees out of poor ethics that he can get something for nothing, he's become a bandit. And he's going to be a bandit because I can get this done and ain't nobody going to know but me. Well, that's never true. He can't trust himself. Therefore, he cannot be trusted. So I'm just suggesting to you, there are phrases and things that we've been given. We're hypercritical of these things as it relates to African people within our community or within our hood. But that's because we've suffered so badly, the ability to trust each other minimizes itself. Because we are betrayed so often by persons who look like us. That's not a lot of people, but you only need to die once. You don't get a second chance, not this lifetime. Mm -hmm. We must understand being hypercritical of each other is in itself designed to do exactly what it does, prevent us from believing, trusting, and working with each other to solve the problem that we all have. And that problem is founded in trust. Wow. Thank you.
2: Brother Youssef Suda, I appreciate um i appreciate your commitment to our community i appreciate your tour of duty um because we as we as black men we literally take tour duties when we uh when we commit to our communities it's a tour of duty and so i thank you for your service sir um you have uh you have earned your stripes and i'm I'm the student here okay (laughs) i'm the student here okay
3: (laughs) <laughs> I have learned so very much by your giving me the opportunity to say or share those things, the little things that I do know, in an effort to make them more solid, more clear, and carefully delineate them in such a way that others can understand. That's a remarkable opportunity for me. I would only request one thing of you and Cindy, that somehow I managed to get a copy of the something that we've talked about during this period of time. However, that needs to be done, that would be okay. And I say that because rarely do I get an opportunity to hear me talk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Cindy, Cindy will make that happen. She she will definitely make that happen. So uh, we're thankful. There's a three impress Meta lowercase that says that's my grandfather. I don't I don't know if that's real or not, but she's she's claiming you. So,
3: <laughs> who who sent that?
2: It's uh, I, this isn't a real name, I'm sure, but it's uh, 3M Presmeta. Oh, okay.
3: I do not know that person by that name, but that could very well be true.
2: I do have nine grandchildren. Oh, she said, tell him Amira. Oh, yes. That's my granddaughter. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Wow. I feel privileged that she's on your remote, on my page. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. yeah, That's my granddaughter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she's got to be awesome.
3: I'm, I'm the lucky one in this case to have my granddaughter talking to me about something that she's learned. I, that's marvelous. (laughs)
0: That's great.
2: We did have one question, um, before, before we go, um, Brother y- Yusuf, is the, the five principles again, if you don't mind. There's somebody on here taking notes, and they want the five.
3: Ethics, integrity, honor, responsibility, and accountability. Now, these, these five words have expanded references to them and things that one can learn. And apply. So, those five words point to a long body of information that if one learns it, then their behavior will improve. Okay, so they're not just terms. But if you take those five words and you go to a dictionary, you understand them, but do not confuse ethics and morality, they're not the same thing. Mm. Okay? They're not the same thing by any stretch of the imagination. So understand the basic aspects of ethics have to do every group. Think about this. Every group have a code of ethics. Gangsters have a code of ethics. If you're a gangster and you violate the code of ethics and go to the police, you're going to die. If you are a policeman and you go and work with criminals, you're going to die because you violate the code of ethics that's agreed upon that's in the group. So ethics are a set of group codes or principles upon which is designed to allow a group of people to achieve a goal, an objective, something that they want to achieve. So morality has nothing to do with it. Why? Because a gangster doesn't care who he kills. He just kills. And we're finding that policemen don't care who they kill. They just kill. How do you shoot a boy going to get these keys out of his car? or shoot him in the back 17 times. What is the ethics in that? What is the morality in that? So I'm saying don't confuse these terms. They have great value in ways that would require more information, more than I can give you in a simple evening. So ethics, integrity, honor, responsibility, and accountability. Look at them very carefully, understand them, stand underneath them with the data that supports your Clarity about them, and as you apply them, your life will improve because your developed understanding will improve on the basis of the certainty that you gain from practicing
2: them. I just wanted to say it's such an honor um, to have you on the platform, uh, Brother Yusef. And I wanted to ask: Is there any? Um, do you have any parting words that you would like to say? Anything on your heart that you would just like to tell the audience?
3: Yeah, I would say to you, I do appreciate the opportunity to have a discussion about something that's very dear to me. Um, If you visit our our site, you know, sunship.org, look at it, view it, write me, email me, um, let me know your thoughts, your feelings, your suggestions and recommendations. I'm always open. If I can assist, call me. Send me an email, text me. If you Whatever you say, I'm going to accept it as being important to you enough to you to say it. to you. So, again, I thank you. Thank you for the, brother, for the opportunity. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you from some of the things that you told me that you're after doing. And I will certainly assist you to do those things. And we'll see if we can have some fun at it. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, uh- Brother Yusef Suda and, and for the audience, um connect with this brother. Um he's you know, he's a wealth of information, obviously you just heard. Um, and I just want to show you like manifestation and how things work. Um so and you know, we've been talking about land projects. Some of you have contributed to that land project. And and for those that have contributed, I thank you so much. Uh means everything. Um and for the ones that that have been um, that have been just uh, inspiring uh, dealing with it. I, I I thank you. but this is how manifestation works. This brother's an architect. <laughs> and, and so and so you know nothing happens by happenstance. I, I there are no coincidences. things coincide. There's a spiritual element to this that works behind the scenes and uh, I'm just thankful. I'll just leave it at that. I'm just thankful. And brother, we would definitely be uh, in correspondence. And I would like to get I you. Back on. Yeah, I would definitely like to get you back on onto this platform as well as your time permits. Um, Let me know when. OK, absolutely. I thank you so much. And um, thank you again for being on, brother.
3: Yes. yes, everyone be safe. Stay healthy. Eat well. Not a lot. Well.
2: It's the difference. Okay.
3: (laughs) And be strong, please. All right. Thank you,
2: brother. Peace. Thank you so much.
3: Peace. Talk to you. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Bye. So there you have it. Um, the brother, powerful brother, Yusef Suda. Um, we we definitely have to uh we definitely have to give give our give our elders, give our our libraries um Give them their roses now while they're here. Give them their flowers now while they're here. Um, visit that brother's page um, and just just reach out and say hello. If if nothing else, um, just just acknowledge. Um, let's start acknowledging our elders' existence while they're here, um, and for the work that they put in. This was powerful uh, because working with with black men and boys is uh, that's the start and he was so right talking about how you know just the breakdown of how they have you know stripped the strong and put that tried to instill that fear um by just ripping the lion out of the strong and um you know he's on the front lines trying to get that back trying to get that lion back working to get that lion back and so Um, Let's just uh, make sure that we are staying connected with his organization. I'm going to get that brother back on uh, because he's just uh, he's just got too much knowledge just not to. I actually with all the with all the streams that we do, with all the clubhouses that we do and all of that, I felt like I was literally in class tonight. Like literally Um, I I was I I was in I felt like a student in class. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. I try to surround myself with, with people that are much smarter than me uh, because life is, it's about learning and it's about people that, that can make you better. And it's also about accountability Um, for the five, for those that didn't get the five um, it's um, I did write it down. It's ethics, integrity, honor, responsibility, and accountability, Mm -hmm. ethics, integrity, honor, responsibility and accountability. And so, um, with that said, uh, love you all the people in the clubhouse room. Thank you for being on, love you all. And uh, I'm looking forward to building with some of you um, who have been instrumental and are a part of, whether it's my organization, the unity walk, or whether we have just met, uh, you know, on one of our, uh, many, uh, meeting places, uh, I look forward to working with you. We have our meeting coming up this, uh, this coming Saturday. Today is well, next Saturday, cause this still is Saturday. So next Saturday, Bucks County, uh, Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. So that should be, that should be very, very, uh, informative, very strategic. And, um, I look forward to it. Um, also we, um, if you're contributing to the land project, please, please thank you. And for those that haven't, please do. Uh, and also we do have our food drive, uh, our, the unity walk food drive coming up. Our next one will be October. So we are looking to feed hundred to 150 black families around this country. So if you can contribute to that, uh, remember $20 feeds a family. Um, and so whatever you can contribute, we would ask that you, um, and make sure you make sure you market, uh, or subject it Food drive. Uh, same thing with the land project subjected land project. Uh, but for the food drive that would go to, um, the cash app, the unity walk, uh, dollar sign, the unity walk, or, um, Paypal, www.paypal.me forward slash the unity walk. Um, so if you want to contribute to that, to that food drive, uh, there will be flyers that we will put up here within the coming week. But again, that's $20 feeds a family. Um, Actually, $20 feeds a black family for um, not just one meal. $20 will feed a black family. That's how we make it work. Um, The level of difficulty in my area, it's not bad, but I do hear in certain areas around the country, um, you know, food shelves are empty. So we definitely want to make sure that our um, that our black families in the country that are lacking, we want to make sure that we get them fed. Uh, Some of us are doing better than others. Some of us don't have a drought, particularly in our city. I I don't know. I'm hearing people talk about empty, empty shelves. I go to Costco and Trader Joe's, so I don't know. I don't, their shelves aren't empty. I'm just, and I'm not, I'm not saying that facetiously, but their shelves aren't empty. Um, Particularly at Trader Joe's it's a little bit better food though. So maybe that's why their shelves aren't empty. Um, I'm just saying. So uh, with that said, uh, I love you all. Oh, can you hear me now? You can't hear me over here on Clubhouse? Mary, can you hear me?
3: I I lost you. I lost you for a minute.
2: Oh, but I'm back now? Oh, okay. Yeah. That, so so that see, that's a clear sign. We, we pay attention to signs. That's a clear sign. It's time for me to get off. And that's exactly what my black ass is going to do. I'm getting up out of here. I love you all. Uh, contribute uh, the Unity Walk Food Drive, the Unity Walk Land Project, um, and make sure that if you can make it out to Bucks County, Pennsylvania, that's next Saturday, Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, uh, please do. And with that said, we are out Love and light to the family.
0: Peace, love and light.
2: Peace. Look it up. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dian.
1: Cindy Ashby Productions. Cindy Ashby Productions.
2: On the wake up. Hey, Yurima Karama here with a quick infomercial. And I have a question for you. Are you tired of social media outlets that block real content? I mean, are you tired of your favorite internet truth teller getting blocked or put in Fedbook jail? Tired of making a comment and the algorithm quickly deems your comment to be offensive and takes it down? I mean, are you tired of making a post and a fact check pops up, making it look like your info isn't accurate and then it turns out that the fact check is actually the lie? Are you tired of seeing white people get by with racist commentary or posts and they never get blocked but unapologetically black truth tellers are always having their videos taken down? Tired of having to wait a month or seven days or 14 days for your favorite social media truth teller to get their page back up because white owned social media outlet owners take their content down whenever they feel like it? Tired of black people getting on white owned social media outlets and finding out that the outlet is making billions of dollars but You don't get one red cent of that money? Well, if you're really tired, then you should do as I did and make the switch. Yeah. Come on over to otwtube.com where your content and comments are actually accepted. Also, get the Urimakaram app where you can stay up to date on real truth that lamestream media intentionally hides from you. Come on over to sites that accept you being unapologetically black. I mean, come on over to sites that love you being free to express yourself. This is why I took my aboriginal, indigenous, melanated ass on over to OTWTube, because I recognize the importance of freedom of speech. I recognize that I would be doing my ancestors a tremendous disservice if I stayed a slave on social media outlets that want to dictate what I say and when I can actually say it. If you're tired like I am, then make the switch now to OTWTube.com and get the Urema Karam app. Tap into the truth because that's what you deserve. I am Yurima Makarama, and I approve this message.